don't know what else to tell you about myself. I, um, I was a writer and an actor. I was, uh, I was a television writer. and uh, I, was, I was not an actor. I was an acting class. We did a play, an acting class, by Paddy Chayefsky called Gideon. And I played the part of God in Gideon. It was typecasting. <laughs> and it was method acting. So two weeks beforehand, I started to live the part off stage, you know. And I really came on godly. I was really fabulous. I put on a blue suit suddenly, you know. It took taxi cabs all over New York. <laughs> I tipped big. Because <laughs> he would have... <laughs> I got into a fight with a guy and I forgave him. <laughs> it's true, some guy hit my fender and I said unto him, <laughs> I said, be fruitful and multiply. But not in those words. <laughs> Because I wanted Jeremy to be closer to the microphone. Yeah, Mike had the same question. It's just, I don't know. It's Woodrow Allen. Woodrow Allen. There's a... Yeah, it's pretty nice. Is there a set list? There is. Oh, Van Crapulous. Indeed. Van Crapulous, indeed. This is... I love this album. You know, for me... And I've, I've never seen it on vinyl. These are great pictures. Yeah. And I've never listened to the whole thing because I've had only bits and pieces of this. Yeah. Yeah, especially the blurry one where he That's looks like I mean. he could be anybody. <laughs> it's fantastic. Like that one makes him look way too hip. Yeah, you yeah. know, like you can't buy it. Like he's like, he's like, hey, you know he what? He might actually be good. That's what I think. Yeah, every time I look at it, he might have Buddy Holly, Elvis Costello. Take what you will. That yeah. is Elvis Costello. That's anyway, clearly that Elvis Costello. Or Buddy Holly, because it's not him. By the way, welcome to comedy on vinyl. Uh, oh, is this on now? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Got some sly shit, motherfucker. You <laughs> throw that down. Don't have no blinking light or nothing. That's how we go back to the Eddie Murphy impression. <laughs> I just heard you were doing it. <laughs> <laughs> go to cookout. Don't go to cookout. So, tell me a little bit about it, uh, Woody Allen. Um. <laughs> well, I, the reason I was doing the Eddie Murphy is because I figured, what better way to do it? You know, they're both black. They're both from uh, Chicago. Both Jews? Um, I don't think so. No, I don't think. Woody Allen, there's no way that he's a Jewish. Woody Allen's Jewish? There's no way he's a Jewish. That, would be, that would be surprising. Yeah. He complains too much to be Jewish. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Jewish. All the Jewish people I don't. I know don't complain that much. No, that's not a thing. Mm-mm. No, um, so at least he's not fucking Amish, right? <laughs> so, uh, established right there at the beginning. We can get that out of the way. That's done. Um, no more. But Amish comedians are my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about that in the last one. Who, who are your favorites? This, um, Amish comedians. Yeah. Um, the, well, I mean, they're all named Abraham. It doesn't matter. Uh, this, I think, my favorite part. On this, al- I mean, there's so many. This, by the way, well, being Woody Allen. Woody Allen, yes, Woody Allen, stand-up comedian. Do you guys have a favorite joke? Because I was trying to think, like, what's my favorite bit? Because I always thought it was there are two. The bullet is probably my favorite, that, and the moose is my second. Okay, the moose story is fantastic. It's yeah. one of the best story jokes ever because it doesn't even really have a punchline. No, but it ends and you just squeal with delight. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially if you know about the <laughs> the athletic New York Athletic Club in New York. Um, but, um, yeah, those are both great. I thought my favorite was, uh, 
uh, oral contraception because mm-hmm. it has one of the best recorded <laughs> laughs yeah. ever, in my opinion. Plus, it's just a brilliantly written joke. Yeah. Um, but I was listening to it again, and uh, I think it's the one where he says he's rehearsing a Patty Chayefsky scene mm-hmm. in which he plays God. Yes. Uh, typecasting. <laughs> so you know, so you know, I decided to really live the part. You know, you know, wore, wore you know blue pinstripe suit. You know, took cabs everywhere, <laughs> tip big because he would have. <laughs> you know, it's so great, and then. Um, it's when he gets it, and, and I have to tell you, and it's not because of the 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 scene thing, because that's really it has nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. It's the horrible wordplay, and it's like again one of those brilliant dirty jokes when he says, um, "I got into a fight with a guy and I forgave him." <laughs> yeah, you know, I, uh, he dented my uh, my fender, and I said unto him, <laughs> "I said, um, be fruitful and multiply." <laughs> Those not in those words. Yeah, I mean, but not in those words. It's. I mean, when you, you said it's, it's, it's that brilliant. You know, it's, it's, it's the grout show. It's the uh-huh. and I love cigars, but every once in a while I take them out of my mouth. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you let the audience and you hear the woman squeal. Yeah. In uh-huh. the audience, literally, when he says that, mm-hmm. you know, because the, the you hear the low laughs or whatever, and then there's this one woman who just. Wah! And you can almost see it leaning over to the person who already got it before and going, he means go fuck yourself. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And that's if we're lucky and she actually did get it. Sure. You know? sure. But it's, it's, uh, it's so great. This, these recordings from this time, it's so they're so perfect to me. It's almost as if he went like this with stand-up. He's like, okay, did stand-up? Done. It's like, I've done that. It's done. But to be honest with you, I mean, I think that's kind of, yeah, I think you're right. Absolutely. Because, you know, I mean, he he was a writer. He was a writer before he was a stand-up. And I mean, he even kind of addresses it in Annie Hall when he's like, why can't I perform my own material? I wouldn't have have to be listening to this guy. It's like, but monsieur, you know, I mean, it's physically painful to watch that guy do that. Yeah. Um, But I think it's the same thing with um, uh, Steve Martin. Who just said, you know what? I've made it into movies, and I don't. I'm not doing this anymore. And, right. And Eddie Murphy, to a certain extent, too. Sure. You know, I think there's some who just are done, and they're like, you know what? I'm, he was I'm so anxious. He hated doing stand up, though. He absolutely hated it, and he kept being pulled. He said, "You got to keep doing this. You got to keep doing this." He was so anxious before every show, and he freaked That's out. Right. And they just made him keep doing it. It's just weird to me because I mean, for a guy so experienced with kind of gag writing and with his unique delivery, he was perfectly suited for it. Yeah. You know? I think it's more of a control thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, with that, when you direct a film, you mm-hmm. are in control, especially when you're working like he does, where he's right. not in, I mean, there is no producer, I mean, I, probably to a little extent in some of them there was, mm-hmm. you know, uh, influence, but, you know, he does everything on his own. He gets, you True. know, A-list actors to act for scale, you know, yeah. and he writes his own stuff, directs and produces his own stuff, he doesn't worry about it. I guess if you, you go know? from working under Sid Caesar, who, though brilliant, was yeah. notoriously, you know, insane... Then but I mean, but but he saw what the result was. Sure, that. you know sure, how could true. you not see Sid doing his little, you know, tracing the bad joke <laughs> through the air and taking his imaginary shotgun and shooting it down in front of everybody before it infected anything? <laughs> you know, like that was his point of view. Like that's that's. You know that's that's a hell of that's a trial by fire. Like yeah. I can't imagine this day and age. I don't think anything. 
you know, I think people are labeled a genius far too early sure. to allow any real genius to set in. Yeah. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. I think um, um, uh, Seth MacFarlane is great. I yeah. think, you know, Trey Parker and Matt Stone are great. You know, and yeah. they've been around already for a pretty long time. Sure. But let's see if anybody's making, you know, South Park the musical the musical. Right, right, right. You know yeah. what I mean? In, in another point. 15 years. If it's not them. Sure. You know? Yeah, yeah. Wish it was uh, and it might be. Who knows? Good mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. Either way. Because I'd go see it, honestly. Yeah, of course. <laughs> what I'd really like to see is South Park the musical the musical the ride. Because <laughs> yes. that would be nice. some shit. I mean, it probably wouldn't be at Universal, but I would get tickets. <laughs> Plus, I'd buy something in the gift shop afterwards. <laughs> probably have my name misspelt on it, too. That'd be even better. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> what, are there, what are we looking at? I feel I'm uh, looking at reviews. Oh, there's reviews on, printed on the inside. Hunched right. Shoulders by the New York Times. <laughs> That's awesome. Comes on with all the force of a pint-sized, droopy, baggy-suited economics professor. <laughs> It's the World Telegraph. Miserable they looking from the Herald. <laughs> really? <laughs> Miserable looking, and that's a whole quote. As uh, soft as coffee from Vogue. <laughs> after, after miserable looking, I almost feel like um, uh, Spinal Tap. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. shit sandwich. Like, you can't print that. <laughs> you can't wait. That's from not the New real. York, from the New York Post, Woody Allen uses the microphone as a security blanket. Yeah. Which is completely true. You listen to a lot of these tracks, and every time you feel so much anxiety as he's speaking, in the back of his head he's speaking going... Fucking please laugh, please laugh, and as soon as they do, you almost feel them go. Oh. <laughs> okay, next one. <laughs> but, but, but I, but I think you're kind of right. But there's one thing that's wonderful about that is that the more you see him relax into it, the more it becomes like somebody telling you a story as yeah. opposed to a guy doing stand up. Sure. And that's why I think that moose story is so good. Is <laughs> because the, by the end of it, he's almost shouting over everybody. But wait, there's one more. Right, right. You know, what, I mean, what does this, this one say? That's um, that's. Uh, uh, very interesting. That's uh, hieroglyphics. <laughs> oh, you're assuming that was Hebrew. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> actually, I think that's the test strip for my printer. Oh okay. Oh, okay. That actually looks just all right. Sure, the ink is lined. Short up. polysyllabic thick speckles. <laughs> <laughs> Almost a weightless young man. You, but I mean, there are times too where you can hear him clearly loving himself, like clearly loving his own jokes. Like the set into him part. Like that's perfect delivery and perfect timing. Like he loves. That he wrote this, you know, he, he's got a lot of material to work with. Oh, yeah. I, I, mean, I mean, he pokes at it fun at himself better than anyone, even mm-hmm. when he's talking about his ex-wife. Yes. You know, it's like, she's a very immature woman. You know, you tell me, and like, again, involving the audience, you know, you tell me, you tell me if this is immature. Mm-hmm. When I was in the bath, my wife thought at any time she could just burst into the bathroom and <laughs> sink my boat. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, like, and it's, it's so, it's such a dumbass great joke. Yeah. It's so perfectly good. Yeah. Years ago, my mother gave me a bullet. Bullet. And I put it in my breast pocket. Two years after that, I was walking down the street when a berserk evangelist heaved the Gideon Bible out a hotel room window hitting me in the chest. The Bible would have gone through my heart if it wasn't for the bullet. To but be, it is. It's to be, I just... This is one of the few things... There's a lot of things that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, if, 
comedian's music. That if someone says... Was well, this like a list thing? I don't like them. <laughs> I like s'mores. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and babies. I enjoy... Uh, Not all babies. Cheez-Its. Really? I really like cheese. I like a baby eating cheese. Oh, that's <laughs> But there's a list of things that I enjoy that when I say it to people and they're like, oh, I don't really enjoy it. I can say, yeah, I see why you don't like that music. I see mm-hmm. why you don't like that comedian. I disagree with you, but I sure. see why. Sure. I don't understand that and I can't grasp it with Woody Allen. Yeah. I can't grasp why people who are like, I don't like his movies. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say this, but immediately go, okay, you're, you're retarded. Okay, well, <laughs> that's what I say. It's but, like, and for me, it's really hard uh, for me to disagree with you on this, but I am going to play Devil's Advocate for just one second, um, besides stuttering and mispronouncing words, but because um, the devil does that. Yes, he does. Oh, he does? That's why he's speaking tongues. It sounds like blah, blah, blah. He's just that guy. He's had a couple too many. I didn't know that that was him. That was the devil. He keeps coming around. The devil bay. My firstborn. So the, but what I was going going to say was something really poignant and now I forget what you disagree with my oh, um, uh, but no you understand about, why people oh it, it well it the reason <laughs> and it's stupid as it sounds so it's a Simpsons quote it's um, they're trying to have an intellectual discussion somewhere around the table and Ned Flanders says or somebody said uh, yeah that's it Marge says has anybody seen that new Woodsy Allen movie? Mm-hmm. And Ned says, you know, I like his films, but except for that nervous fella who's always in them, you know? And I'm just like, you know what? I think that's kind of what it is for a lot of people. Yeah. I, I don't think Woody Allen is necessarily a likable character most of the time. Right. And I, I, I think that's that's sad for the most part because I think he is trying to be because uh-huh. I, I, I see he sees himself especially in his earlier movies and maybe not so much in, in some of the later ones right. as at least trying to do the right thing yeah. you know mm-hmm. I mean some of them it's a little bit easier you know, <laughs> but those are my like favorite sleeper and literary and characters and in the general game. are my favorite ones of the flawed characters you, I hate that sure which is one of my favorite the, the performances of his is in Crimes and Misdemeanors mm-hmm. is that you know it's not only incredibly comedic and you know you seem seriously trying to pass off that edit of the Alan Alda um uh not, um no it wasn't Alan Alda pardon me it's a, yeah it's Alan Alda when he's know. doing the um uh, documentary on him yeah yeah uh, and if it bends it's funny with the horse's ass but it's a fucking ass singing it you know he's got a donkey speaking uh, uh, dumbing him and um you know like I, I think and then you see him at the end at the bar even before he goes into the, the whole wrap up and talking to the, um, talking to the, you know about the rabbi and everything else, it's just you know you can see he he tried and mm-hmm. he tried to do the right thing and do it in the best way he could and it didn't work, and you can see and it's it's a wonderful piece of acting to go along with what I think is a wonderful comedic performance and unfortunately I don't think it's hard to see that because. He does. He whines a lot. He's yeah. not attractive, nope. and he got you know he doesn't. It's not like he aged particularly well no. either, you know. No. But um, and he's had his, his and, controversies in the general. And yes, and it's hard mm-hmm. sometimes to separate the art from the artist, and yep. you know, like there there are lots of other little things that attribute to it. You know, it's tough. You know, you can fuck your daughter, but don't be nice to Roman Polanski. That's that's my. Point. That's yeah, really. That's he's way too that's, supportive. That's the thing that got you, really, <laughs> out of all of them. <laughs> 
No, I'm kidding. Really? I don't mm-hmm. like that he's poor. I just find it amazing that these are really that hard to find still. Yeah. You, can, you can't download these on iTunes. No. These albums. You really? Yeah, you can't. Wow. Uh, Where the hell did I get them? You can, you can find them on Rips and stuff and yeah, Torrents and stuff like that, but you can't download well, them on iTunes. You can buy them. I mean, you can... Uh, one of his albums, like one side of this is, is available on Spotify, but not the whole thing. Really? And stuff. That's yeah. Interesting. So... It's it's difficult that it's interesting that they're still not available. I don't know why that people haven't released something. I mean, there's probably not a lot of money in it, but how how, how expensive is it to release it? To release I think really? I think the third reason. I, well, I think another reason is the third thing that I actually that I was going to say is that nobody likes intellectual humor. That could be it. Yeah, right. it could you be know, it. The whole, the whole Gertrude Stein and I laughed about it, and Hemingway punched me in the mouth sequence <laughs> is enough to make everyone go. I don't like him. <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I mean, it could be. I mean, nowadays, though, I mean, are, are people less? I guess people are probably less. Uh, but if I want to know a reference that a comedian's making, if I don't get it, if I don't know enough about Gertrude Stein, I can go online in two seconds. And well, especially... saying. Yes, especially the stuff in this album, because yeah. everything he references is fairly major, you know? Yeah, like, sure. And for if you don't know who Eichmann is, you right. can probably figure it out from the context. Yes, alone. Right. And yeah. he's intellectual without trying. At yeah, all, sure. it's just there, and there's no, there's no pretense in it, mm-hmm. which I, which is one of the things I love also. Yeah, because they'll go for the stupid intellectual. Yeah, yeah, too. It's like when he's talking about his stupid swinging bachelor pads. You know, like I wanted, you know, one of these, one of those great Picassos by Van Gogh. And, you know, a whole, you know, and he, and he glances over it. You know, it's like just one of those. It's just a dumb, great joke, again, you know, just perfectly thrown away. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I obviously relate to the character for many reasons, but I don't like all of his movies. He's a very handsome man. Exactly, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Red hair (laughs) and (laughs) glasses. But, you know, I like his early stuff a lot better. His later stuff I, I care less about, but doesn't... <clears throat> doesn't mean they're just surprising. Midnight in Paris is his uh, highest grossing film. That's that's also because it costs more money to see one now. Yeah, that yeah. is also true. Who's who is Owen Wilson in that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it. I yeah, enjoyed the movie a lot. Yeah, it's a, it's not. It, I don't. I don't classify. I mean, yes, it's a Woody Allen film. But I, when I say, do you want to watch a Woody Allen film? Yeah, that's not one that I'm going to pull out of the, to say. This is indicative of what his work is. Yeah, when you say Woody Allen film, you think. Zelig played against Sam. Exactly. Right, played against that stupid thing. Right. See, because I, you know, I, I, I was, I think, uh. resistant to his films for a long time. Although, so, but then the first one I saw was Take the Money and Run, which I don't know if you've seen Take the Money and Run. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, fucking, fucking genius. Come to me. on, let's get out of here. <laughs> it's fucking, it's so good. The gub bit, the whole bit about the gub uh, is one of the, my favorite things great. of all time. And again, it's it is a mix of of intellectual and, and whatever you want to call lowbrow. You know, if you want to call it lowbrow. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, slapstick and, you yeah. know, and, and, you know, sex humor and things like that, you know. I know he wanted to move past that new character pieces, but I could watch that shit forever. Because it's, it's hard. It's hard to balance the two. You know, again, mm-hmm. you know, it, it takes it takes a very light touch to make a movie like that, to make a duck soup mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. full of horrible shtick and yet is making, you know, whatever small way, mm-hmm. a larger comment. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very difficult to make a, a great dictator which even precedes yeah. popular conception of an idea right. so you know it's you know what he what he's done pretty good for himself yeah. yeah nothing for nothing he hasn't been banished from the states <laughs> yeah right that's good that's you know he doesn't live here anymore as far as i know but you know where does he live now does he live in paris fucking probably yeah. he lives yeah. in france somewhere that's yeah. fine um Come on. <laughs> 
Let's get in my van. Let's go visit him. <laughs> and we start the van sound effect. You know, when he was starting after his writing, when he was starting to do stand-up, mm-hmm. just only stand-up, he was working clubs with uh, Bill Cosby, and they were booking on the same nights over and over and over so together weird. all throughout New York. It, to imagine being there. <laughs> oh, God, that would kill me. It'd be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Were they buddies? I think we've talked about this before. I don't, I, don't have, I don't have any information I saying that they were close. Friends. I would just sit there in the audience being like, God, look at all these nerd comics. God, isn't there anybody who has some fucking funny or doesn't wear glasses? Get off the stage, dude! The Amish fart jokes. I just oh, those are the best. Yep, we were talking about Amish fart jokes earlier. Those are those are rare. Well, he seemed I consistent that that's mostly what they do. Um, <laughs> make fart jokes. Or yes, fart? yeah, no, <laughs> make the fart jokes. No, well. Those are the edgy ones. Um, well, I suppose when there's so many things you can't do, you really got to go for it when you, there's something yeah. you can't. I bet oh, you yeah. they make some great booger jokes. I too. bet they do too. Boy, talking Good about you know jokes. what's Amish. holding up what's holding up this this barn. It's all boogers, and then they go off on that boogers and farts. Oh, 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 oh Mattathias, <laughs> thou splitteth my sides. <laughs> oh shit. Um, I doubt it. They'd say that. I, I, I doubt that as well. How oh, wait? Sixty four. How old would he have been? I mean, at this point, he's already worked on your show of shows. Sixty four. Woody Allen. What was he? Thirty five. So he was thirty. Yeah, I think you're right. He was thirty. <laughs> he was thirty. He was well, thirty twenty nine. Because he was born in thirty five. God damn it! He looks. I mean, he looks young compared, but he still looks like an old man because he looks like he Woody looks Allen. Sad. Let's give him a break. Again, he's not a matinee idol. No. For somebody to be a lead in movies and look like that, it's pretty good. Yeah. You know, and he didn't have to do any weird, like, Jonah Hill lose half his body weight. And right. Be, you know. If he gained half his body weight, we're not comparing Jonah Hill to Woody Allen, are we? <laughs> no, I just okay. I just brought him up because uh, somebody's told me they saw a preview for uh, The Babysitter and then 21 Jump Street back-to-back. Yeah, right, I bet. And said it was like looking in a funhouse mirror. <laughs> it made both of them look unappealing. And I was like, that's not fair. You didn't see either one. <laughs> and you know him as being chubby and funny, so when you go see the first one, it's like, no, I have to see the preview for the second one. What do you think about Woody Allen then appealed to America at the time? I mean, to me, like... I don't I, remember th- hearing any comedy before this that talked about you know going to your analyst. I mean that was kind of a kind of a thing where he's just talking. Oh, about, absolutely. You know, but I, I think it really what it comes down to is um, it was great material. Sure, it was great material at the right time. You know, he was. Um, this is when you could be a college comic as opposed to a Catskills comic. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that was different. It's a totally different audience, and you can make jokes about dropping out of college. Yeah, you know, because instead of just playing to the people who were disappointed in their children for doing that, mm-hmm. your audience was now the people who did that, yeah. or couldn't even make it to college, perhaps. So, um, you know, again, uh, you know, him talking about dropping out and then, like, going back for the terrible reasons, mm-hmm. you know, he makes, you know, you know, as a philo major, I guess I was, I was thrown out of my, you know, metaphysics final for looking in the soul of the book. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's brilliant. It is. That's a smart enough joke to just get an A in the class. Yeah, I don't right. Think. You would think so. Oh, this is better than your treatise, Professor. <laughs> and I knock on the door. The moose is next to me. My host comes to the door. I say, hello. You know the Solomons. <laughs> we enter. The moose mingles. <laughs> Did very well. <laughs> Scored. <laughs> 
Some guy was trying to sell him insurance for an hour and a half. <laughs> Twelve o'clock comes. They give out prizes for the best costume of the night. First prize goes to the Berkowitzes, a married couple dressed as a moose. The moose comes in second. The moose is furious. He and the Berkowitzes lock antlers in the living room. They knock each other unconscious. Now I figure here's my chance. I grab the moose, strap him to my fender, and shoot back to the woods. But I got the Berkowitzes. I'm driving along with two Jewish people on my fender. There's a law in New York State. Tuesdays, Thursdays, and especially Saturday. When was the first time you ever heard Woody Allen, Jeremy? Um, or saw. Sorry. Well, I mean, you have, you have to remember that I was born and raised in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Uh, where's that? Uh, that's in New York. Mm. That's, um, mm. Upstate? They, we, we call it Big Israel. That's what, oh. that's what we call it. And they call Israel Little New York, if you didn't know that. Um, a lot of people don't. And, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, no, no. It was, uh, so, you know, I'm, so I'm from there. So, I mean, again, my exposure to that stuff. And, and my father was, again, one of those people who loved showing me new things and probably showed me a lot of advanced things before I probably should have, like sure. Monty Python, like when I was eight. Yeah, and that was good. probably not a great idea. Yeah. But I came around... Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, no, no. So growing up there was awesome because I remember uh, there was a point where my father and I were simply walking uh, down uh, along the East River. Uh-huh. And uh, we saw, you know, this, this guy in this coat and hat. I couldn't have been more than like six. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he was walking with, with uh, two other people. It was like a, a they, I would say it was a couple, but it was, you know, just two guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, they came by us. And I don't, I mean, like, I mean, I was a kid. I wouldn't know. And he hit my father with an umbrella so hard and just knocked him unconscious. And he pitched over into the East River. And he held on my hand. And the two of us <gasps> went into the river. And, I mean, they had to drag him out. And they gave him CPR. His heart stopped for, like, almost two minutes. Holy and, like, shit. And the first thing he came up, because I was standing there and just crying and holding his hand, I wouldn't let go. And, uh, and then when he finally came to, he was like, that was Woody Allen. <laughs> Woody Allen killed your father? No, he's fine. He almost killed your father, yeah. is what I'm saying. No, your heart yeah. stops. So, yeah, I mean, like, I, but that's the way I've met every celebrity in New York. Really? Yeah, most of them have either hit me or... I was I was trying to learn how to ride a bike once, and um, who was it? Oh, Christ. Ah, it was Ed Koch. He backed up a snowplow into me, and, like, and he saw me for, like, three blocks. Because, you know, I wasn't, I was learning how to ride it. And you could uh-huh. see him gear the thing up, because, you know, he held up his, uh, you know, credentials, and he made the guy get out of the street sweeper, and he uh-huh. fucking gunned that thing. And they don't go very fast, but you could see him revving it up over three blocks just to knock this kid into the river. <laughs> oh, man. See, a lot of people don't understand what it's uh-huh. like growing up in the city. Uh-huh. You know, it's, it's all like that. Right. That sounds, that's amazing. Yeah. And um, and not to mention, like every every time somebody breaks into the Central Park Zoo and releases all the animals, uh-huh. it's like Jumanji. Is it? People don't get that. And it's, when you, but hang, it's real life. And when you hang out at the the the, uh, the museum there at night, uh, all the things come to life, right? Oh, you're talking about the Ben Stiller movie? Yeah, the Ben Stiller. <laughs> no, that was yeah. cute. That's fake. That doesn't. Oh, happen. that doesn't happen. No, no, 
window. Oh, that's weird. And besides, none of those things are real because most New Yorkers know how to know the window that's open. Uh huh. Because one of the janitors usually because that's where he blows his smoke. Mm-hmm. So all of us have something. Okay. Yeah, my mom's got this awesome sarcophagus that yeah. she keeps in all of her grandmother's china. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that was a bitch to get on my bus. I bet. Yeah. Well, I then, you know, and to get out subway, that small window. Well, because you know, then it's transferring two subways, and you don't want to oh, do that because right. there's one that's bus. It's right? one bus or two subways. What are you gonna <sighs> do? Yeah. Right. Don't patronize me. I'm not. These things actually happen. No, I All know. of these are real. I understand. All right. Good. I understand that. Living in New York is more exciting, people, than you can possibly realize. <laughs> it's almost as exciting as living in New- uh, as living in Los Angeles. He, yeah. Mm-hmm. He thinks because we're from upstate, Mike, that we don't know the difference. That it's... we don't. That we don't understand all those things are real. <laughs> well, we do. Yeah. But nothing for nothing. Yeah. Guess who I did see teaching their children to ride a bike in an alley not two months ago? Who? Darth Maul. Really? And I'm not making that up. That's real. That is, And that was awesome, because mm-hmm. I didn't even realize until I was walking away, and I'm like, look at that! It was Ray Parks? Like, yeah! Wow. And, and I mean, like, and he kind of froze, because me and my friend recognized him, but yeah. we were just walking on our way somewhere, and we're like, hey, what's up? And gave him a smile, and, you know, the kids were like, oh, but look! And we were like, oh, you're doing great, just be careful when you're coming through the alley. That was it. All just right. fucking Darth Maul out with the kids. But no, awesome. no CPR necessary. No. No. Okay. And my father doesn't need CPR anyway. No. No, no, no. Okay. Yeah. It's good. Well, he's been in an iron lung for what? It's almost 40 years. Wow. Four, four decades. Really? In an iron lung. How did he appear in Tootsie when he had an iron lung? Yeah, That's... it's all done with mirrors. Oh, really? And incredible what they can do with, with makeup in a spray gun. Yeah, I guess you're right. I, I know. Mean, what they get he... the illusion of depth. And they just and, put and the tray. Motion. They put the tray on top of the iron lung. Well, well they kind of sprayed an arm at an awkward. Is that angle. okay? You have to see it. It's really impressive. Yeah, I'll have to watch it again just to get. You think idea. the makeup job on Hoffman was good? Mm, forget it. Forget it. Right. They My father's in, father. in an iron lung. <laughs> watch it, people. Waiter in the Russian tea room. Tootsie. In an iron lung. That's right. Paul oh, Guskin. Yeah. A lot of people That's don't know wonderful. that. No, and nowadays he sa- he sounds like. You want, to talk like about, Alan you want to talk about range? That man has it. <laughs> I'm talking about Hoffman, of course. <laughs> Not your father. You know, Hoffman could play my father. He could play your father. He could. Let's 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 make this happen. Maybe maybe my father could play Hoffman. I don't know. He's a little too tall. Uh, you just should see my father. When you give him a swift kick in the balls. Yeah, he yeah. can he can bend over. Well, he's shorter. All right, that's. So back to Woody. By the way, by the way don't, <laughs> don't do that. Goes in tight, and don't don't kick my father in the balls. Okay, okay. Are you just telling the people out there? That's for everybody. If, if don't meet Paul because well, he wouldn't he wouldn't like that. I know I don't. He's like if Steve Jobs mated with Alan Arkin, your father. No. Just the way he was dressed when I met him. Oh, well, he had he the was, thing and the, the stuff. He's got the beard going. Yeah, too. but he also had a turtleneck on and jeans, and he he wouldn't stop talking about his iPhone. And uh, he had a little presentation prepared, and it was just weird. I think my father actually did did background on one or two Woody Allen films in New York. Really? Yes. I Call him right now and ask him. I no. Ask him his opinion. I think on Woody he's Allen. watching the Giant Game, so it's he over. Otherwise, well, the Giants won, so go go. Yes, New York. there's the vodka. Jeremy has this hanging in his I house. Have this ad really? The vodka yeah, ad that he talks about. I have that one and the Come Out of Your Shell one, where he's actually coming out of the conch shell as well. That's pretty good. That's wonderful. What's yeah, they're both in decent shape. When by decent, I mean you can still <laughs> tell what they are. <laughs> Mike, what about you? First time hearing or seeing Woody Allen since we didn't grow up in in, in Big Jewtown. Yeah, it played against Sam. I didn't. That's, was, that's offensive, by the way. Big Jewtown. That's horrible. I like Jews. Yes, but Jesus some of them aren't that big. They're not that big. I'm no. sorry. So, average. What do I say to not be offensive? Hebes. 
Oh. Now, oh. don't say that. That's offensive. Wait, hold on. No, that's offensive also. Don't PD say is offensive. How about, how about... Yeah. Jason. Yeah. How about we're all just people? How about that? People town. How about... And now you're laughing. I can hear you laughing. <laughs> I'm trying about, to be sincere. How about rural Amos? No? Rural I'm Amos. trying to reverse yeah. the prairie There's Jew. No reverse. way I am going to use that as a phrase. <laughs> no one ever should. <laughs> I like it. I, I, of course that's, you do. that's one reason why not to. It's right a there. new one. I'm starting. <laughs> so wait, you saw what scene now? Played against Sam, Sam was the first time. Yeah, I uh, was just flipping through channels one time. Um, teenager just flipping HBO free mm-hmm. preview weekend uh-huh. and that was on late at night at like 2am and yes. I was just like this guy is awesome yeah and yeah and I didn't so I just rented everything after that Maltese Falcon Casablanca oh wait <laughs> yeah. no <that's> right. <laughs> yeah and it was just and I didn't even you know I didn't get the um, the bogey references mm-hmm. you know I didn't get that that wasn't what I liked I right. liked that this guy was Nerdtastic, yep. and the women that he was getting was—he could do that. That was amazing. Yeah, right. Uh, when he was setting up his apartment, is one of my favorite scenes. He's like, "Should I put on the symphony or should I put on this jazz album?" And she's like, "Just put on the one and then leave the other one out." So people, can, it's a great idea. And she was joking, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I'm not making any sense. No, you are. I'm just uh, stammering right now. But that was what did it to me, and I just absolutely loved that film. And uh, to this day, it's one of my favorite films. But it wasn't until probably five or six years ago that I even knew that he did stand-up at all. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Well, I didn't know until years ago either, but like, was, but for you, though, like you say, it was the character that appealed to you. It was first. the character that did it. it was just, he was just really hilarious. And mm-hmm. it, a, lot, a lot of people say, I don't like that character. And yes, he kind of plays that in, in a lot. Sure. You know, it's the same general mm-hmm. character with varying degrees of neuroses. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, that's that's where I came across him, and I think that this this stand up is amazing to me. It's, yeah. it's some of the funniest stand up I've ever heard. I think that it holds up really well today. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Yeah, I, I I I always liked his dryness. That was one thing that made me. Jeremy, don't make some joke about lotion. Um, I, I just I'm just waiting for you to to to. to Make a joke. I don't know. I liked. Yeah, I liked his when have I ever done that? I'm sorry. You're right. You don't make jokes about things. Ever. Say. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's probably the same thing. I, I relate to the character. There's no doubt about it. You know, being yeah. a, you know as nebbishy as, as you're going to get for upstate New York. I think he's um, so influential. You hear people lifting from all the time today, and I don't think they know they're lifting from them. Mm-hmm. Um, you, so many comedians they start off. <laughs> <laughs> so many comedians I'll start their show by saying uh, I'm going to talk things out because this is what my therapist yeah. told me to do you right know that? Yeah. And, and I hear it so many times and then I hear what do you do and it's like oh, now it makes sense coming from him Yeah. it doesn't make sense coming from a valid girl trying stand up yeah, <laughs> yeah just, not, not necessarily in the same way it's much more common now but it was a thing that yeah. it was becoming hip yeah. I guess to talk to somebody about your problems and he 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 solidified the monologue style of comedy in, the, in a way, and he, he also had joke jokes. Mm-hmm, sure. Two-liners, punchline, get out, and then story jokes also. He was so really weird. going back and forth. Yet it yeah. seemed pretty seamless to me, and I, it doesn't bother me at all. Some no. people could do that, and just I wouldn't yeah. be interested. Yeah, and, and first, I think he's always making fun of himself. It's, mm-hmm. it's really the other thing. You, know, you just look down at this, and just all the stupid, just one-liner ones. You know, my grandfather's. Like, mm-hmm. This I was just looking at my pocket watch. You know, my grandfather on his deathbed 
sold me this watch. <laughs> yeah, right. You and know, that's it. just a, just that alone, and you go, oh, yeah, that's. Uh, but um, the, it's and it, and it's just it's such an interesting character. I don't think people saw this. This was like the new type of New York Jewish thing too, because mm-hmm. what most people knew is the. Again, the Catskills, the Buddy Hackett, sure. you know, the, yeah. the shticky, you know, like waggling the tie. Yeah. But, you know, it's and he and he does so many great bits. It's just he said the first year of doing stand up was the worst year of his entire life. He would wake up in the morning dreading the day ahead. <laughs> so he just hated it. He hated it, and his managers kept pressing and saying, "No, you're going to be good at this." Yeah. And what he did was he found his audience, or or his audience found him. And yeah. it wasn't he wasn't playing for the the drunkies who were just showing up at the comedy club and didn't really care, just making me laugh. He was yeah. finding a specific audience and and gearing it towards them, and. That's what I think really clicked when it clicked for him. A black sedan pulls up, and two guys get out, and they say to me, do I want to go away with them to a land where everybody is fairies and elves? I could have all the comic books I want, and chocolate and wax lips, you know. <laughs> and I said yes, you know. And I got into the car with them, because I figured, you know, what the hell, I uh, was home that weekend from college anyhow, you know. <laughs> They drive me off, and they send a ransom note to my parents. And my father has bad reading habits. So he gets into bed at night with the ransom note. And he read half of it, you know. And he got drowsy and fell asleep. Then he lent it out, you know. Meanwhile, they take me to New Jersey, bound and gagged. And my parents finally realize that I'm kidnapped. And they snap into action immediately. They rent out my room. The ransom note says for my father to leave $1,000 in a hollow tree in New Jersey. He has no trouble raising $1,000, but he gets a hernia carrying the hollow tree. But I understand why he, he left. But, I mean, this is from 64 to 68, and he started doing stand-up in 61. So you say he had a short stand-up career, but that's still eight years. Yeah, no, that's, that's, years a that's, that's a really lot. not that's a lot. Yeah. Especially to stop after that. Yeah, and he was writing plays. and I mean, Play, play sure. Against Sam was a play originally. It was on Broadway. Yeah. It was off-Broadway or so whatever. But he's just, I don't know, he's... He, I think he solidified a lot of what his screenplays would be by doing stand-up. And I think that without his stand-up, he wouldn't have written what he did. He wouldn't have become the Woody Allen who wrote Annie Hall. He wouldn't have become the Woody Allen who wrote Played Against Sam. Sure, this right. is where he got it from. This and, is where and, he, and some of these jokes appear in it. You know, yeah. It's like when he was like, oh, yeah, like the army bit. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, I was... I love that. You know, it's like, you know, I, no, I, I wasn't, you know, I, I never registered. I'm not drafted. You know, I don't have a draft card. You know, it's like, yes, uh, I'm, I'm not 4F and 4P. Then you wore on a hostage. <laughs> you know, it's brilliant. You know, like, the little things like that. And, you know, it's, and, and it's great because he also, he makes fun of himself while talking about the rest of, you know, like, what little parts of the other parts of the world. So he's talking about, you know, like, when he's down south. You know, and he's, you know, I have to go to the costume party, and, you know, so I got a sheet off the bed, and, you know, three other guys with sheets on, you know, stop the truck, and they say, get in, so I figure they're going to the party. You know, and they, then they say, I, wait, hold on, we gotta go pick up the Grand Dragon, and I start to think, down south, sheets, Grand Dragon, so I put two and two together, and... 
we must be going to pick up a guy dressed as a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> and I just keep dragging it along. And like, I can't believe where, where is this stupid thing going, you know? And it's just that, and I watched the capper, he's just like, why can't we all live together? And Peace and Harmony goes, and I knew they were so moved, I sold them $200 worth of Israel bonds. <laughs> you know, it's just such a dumbass wrap-up, yeah. you know? It's, yeah. I, I love it. It's, it's great. It's, it's like all of these, you know? And, and the fact that they're so obviously fake, and he does the... These sure. things are all true. These, <laughs> these things actually happen to me. You know, other than the... Uh, uh, when his wife's attacked him, knowing my wife, it was not a moving violation. <laughs> she was violated. <laughs> you know, other than that, I don't think any... I mean, it's, it's they're just great setups, because... Yeah. He's, to have this man be anything other than what you think, than just a bundle of neuroses, to be a great Lothario, yeah. to be you know, to be any of this stuff, it's just so far fetched that yeah. you just you want to let him go. It's great. Yeah. He taught me that you can be funny and get the girl. Yeah. In general, like they, they women appreciate a sense of humor, and Woody Allen more than anyone really expressed that. He taught me that adoption is not permanent. Um, <laughs> that's great <laughs> the title's just the title <laughs> damn it oh, oh. it's awful um, oh, where do you go from that but Jen didn't, doesn't really like Woody Allen didn't like Woody Allen from the things that she's seen and then she I played this for her and she's like oh fuck like, yeah he loves it yeah so, it's brilliant yeah it's uh, again it is kind of old uh, it, it's coming from that world of, of sketch and TV comedy and, and, and that tradition of, of punchline driven comedy because that was still at work but I it doesn't age incredibly, mm-hmm. at least not for me. No, because there's I mean there's a lot of political references, mm-hmm. and, you know, and uh, and um, and and some literary and, and um, entertainment and social references that are just sort of not as relevant as you think. Yeah. X amount of years later, but you know, like there are certain jokes when you know when he's kidnapped and the uh, the note said you know uh, bring a thousand dollars to a hollow tree you know a thousand dollars in a hollow tree in New Jersey and my father snapped in action right away that way and had no trouble raising the thousand dollars but he got a hernia carrying the hollow tree <laughs> you know it's it's, it's oh. still funny because yeah. I still try I still see it in my head the mm-hmm. old Jewish man with the big you know Wizard of Oz type holding you know tree on his back <laughs> trying to get over the bridge mm-hmm. it's funny it is and I, I mean it's, it. you can hear a lot of a lot of the Groucho influence in, in, in that, you know. In I think, and this will be the last time I interrupt, no. <laughs> no. But uh, <laughs> if you want to hear, like, my one of my favorite things about hearing the influence, and this is for anybody who wants to hear something that's so really bizarrely outdated, yet mm-hmm. is, is so desirable to learn how to do. It's like learning how to do, like, a Catherine Hepburn voice. Uh-huh. There's no real practical application for it other than the fact that I can't believe somebody got away with talking this way. You know, uh-huh. like, it's great. Um the way Woody Allen speaks, mm-hmm. like, one of my favorites when he calls in, like, on the, the talking elevator bit. Uh-huh. So I gathered all my appliances, you know, my my television, my my lamp, my blender. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Blender. You can almost see the yeah. way you write it. B-L-E-N-D-E-H. Mm-hmm. You know? Blender. Or A-H. Blender. Mm-hmm. And the way that he hits all of his glottal stops, mm-hmm. like in bottle. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's so Groucho yes. to like have one thing that's so minute yet perfect in speech, yeah. and yet still say you know Goyle, mm-hmm. you know, right. yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know yeah. Earl yep. for oil, you know, like things like that. It's 
it's that's so New York in a way. Yeah, you know? and Damon Runyon, the the guys and dolls, that's all the characters and guys and dolls. That's exactly what they do. Sure, the gangsters, but they the built mole. You know, every single consonant mm-hmm. was pronounced, but the gals. Right, it's the same thing. Yeah. Dead air. There we go. Yeah, let's wait. Finish that. <laughs> that's oh, that's no, it wasn't. But it's. I thought, people... I thought that was me audibly passing wind. That uh, <laughs> I guess nobody could. No, it's just of, more of a smelly one. A lot of people yeah. now were like, I didn't like the early Woody Allen stuff, but even though I love Midnight in Paris, they're like, oh, but Midnight in Paris and Vicky Cristina Barcelona, and I'm like, yes, that's Woody Allen, but it's not Woody Allen. Yeah, no. it's Woody Allen, but it's yeah. not him. You know, it's it's him evolving as an artist in their sure. wonderful films, but. And you can like them, mm-hmm. but to me, it's like, I'm like, God, you can't appreciate this unless you know where he came from. Yeah. Unless you know how different this is from his other stuff, sure. from his other work. You Then then you go, wow, that's why I love Vicky Christina Barcelona. Yeah. Or, or, you know. And my taste runs very distant from any, you know, the further down the line his stuff goes, that's the further away I get from really liking it, which, you know, maybe I'm different in that, but I, again, I love Take the Money and Run because it's a really good early mockumentary, which is stupid as shit. But it's great. It's so good. It's and great. actually, great one of those bits is in this uh, where he sure. talks about the uh, the 12, uh, the 12 right. convicts being changed to each all other. That's a half speak. hour of the movie. Right. You know? Dressed as an enormous charm bracelet. Yes. <laughs> um, and then, uh, God, the... Oh, shit. Have I seen What's New Pussycat? I don't know if I've seen What's New Pussycat, and if I have, it's been a very long time. Sleeper, I only saw the once. Then, uh... Fantastic. Right. Um, you know, Bananas. Fantastic. Bananas. Oh, amazing. You know, you know I'm not as big of a fan of, of, of Annie Hall, and I know everyone loves Annie Hall. Mm-hmm. I thought it's a good film, but it's mm-hmm. definitely not as funny as some of the other films. Sure. You know, that's not oh. what he was going for, but... I think it's... I, I mean, it, it's, not, it's not as slapsticky, not as that's what I mean. top yeah. comedic... But there are some lines in it that just, and some situations that just, I mean, give me so much delight in that movie. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a perfect obscene. portrait of an actress, I will just say that. I She's love her fucking oh, yeah. lines. I love Jeff Goldblum's only line. What is it again? I know it's at the party. He's on the phone at the Hollywood party, and he's just looking perturbed, and somebody finally picks up, and you hear him go, I forgot my mantra. That's <laughs> That's right. Yes. Brilliant. Uh, it's that's that's and a lot of it still feels like LA to me. Like sure. I watch it. I, I watched it before I ever came here. Then I came here, and it just it seemed pretty accurate. That LA story are two uh, very accurate films for me as as far as yeah. LA I mean, story is another great one. Yeah, which yeah. is not Woody Allen, but I thought I'd bring it up. But both influenced by Groucho Marx. Yeah, in yeah. a way. Because they're both huge fans, as far as I know. I mean, off the top of my head, I mean, I, we, when we go down the list and we end up doing more albums, most of my favorite comedians were Jewish, and I don't know why, and I don't know what it is about about because Jews are funny. Oh, is that what it is? That's oh, what that, it is. I, Jews I didn't want to simplify funny. it like there that. are no absolutes in the world uh-huh. except, except Jew Jews equal are, funny. All all Jews are funny. I don't make these things up. I no. report them as they are. That's all nice. of them are. That's good. No, no, not all. Oh, no, no. Every. No, there's. I think there's a. Uh, <laughs> I think there's a uh, sort of misery curve that comes with it, where you'd think the more misery, the funnier it is, mm-hmm. but no, it comes to like a flashpoint, and then mm-hmm. you get just something horrible. And I was not in the army, in case you're wondering. I was in the canine corps. 
strange story. When I was young, I wanted a dog, and we had no money. We were very. My father at the time was caddy at a miniature golf course in Brooklyn. <laughs> I couldn't get a dog because it was too much and they finally opened up in my neighborhood in Flatbush a damaged pet shop <laughs> they sold damaged pets at discount you know you could get a bent pussycat if you wanted a straight camel you know I got a dog that stuttered that's why the cats would give him a hard time and he would go bow wow turn all red, you know. We wanted to send him into the army, but the papers got crossed up and they got me instead of him. I was in the canine corps for two weeks. Me and 11 dogs was the outfit. He taught me how to heal. Sergeant was a little Mexican hairless. You know? Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. Every Amo is funny. That's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. Every Amish person is, is hilarious. Yeah, but um, you don't know that many. No, I don't. But every the ones who've been writing me letters, <laughs> <I'm> sure as <laughs> hell. <laughs> he says he's been getting a lot of complaint letters from Amish yeah, people. Not like me. And they um, take so long to get here because they're written with a quill, so they got to keep yeah, dipping that uh, pan. Yeah. In and the then they air. have they have the youngest walk it from Pennsylvania <laughs> to me because they do not want to use the cars for there. Or stamp technology. Yeah. I always feel so bad. A little tight gets there and I'm like, oh, little guy, I can tussle his hair and have him come inside for a cup of Kool-Aid. See, that's funny because usually what I do is I go to shake the hand uh-huh. and that's where I've got the Game Boy with the crazy glue on it and I grab it up oh. it, and I hold it there and then I kick him in the ass and I say, scuttle on home. Figure out what kind of demon magic makes the glue let go. <laughs> Don't play with the incredibly addictive device on your way. <laughs> there are extra batteries in your pocket. <laughs> Their sense of direction is amazing, too. The fact that they get from Pennsylvania to Los Angeles, Los Angeles without GPS or yeah. a map. Or like they might have a map or, yeah. They have GPS. It's it's just a giant folding map. Oh, okay. what, it is. what it is. Is it updated? How do they get it updated? <laughs> uh, I think it's called a um, pencil. <laughs> So there's a lot of new freeways from the time they moved to this country. Yeah, but they have some. They have, they have some very good artists okay. and who do freehand line drawings. Okay, I get it. That <laughs> makes complete sense. I'm I'm up on Amish art more than most people would think, <laughs> including myself. <laughs> Mike, Jews, love them. Okay. Um, just, no, but I I did want to bring it up, and there has to be something culturally. Uh, well, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I don't remember who it was and mm-hmm. who hit me to this, but it's kind of, uh, it, it, it's, it's, I guess it goes through generations and mm-hmm. it also has to do with culture and everything else. But when you have any group of people who are on the so-called bottom echelon of society, mm-hmm. there are only two ways, essentially, other than hard work and diligence and all that other stuff, the long route, which takes a long time and... Apparently it takes longer and longer the more we progress as a society, which I think is terrible. Just to get off on a horrible political tangent. That's fine. Everything you're doing out there, people, is wrong. And I don't blame the government, I blame you! <laughs> the people listening who vote for these idiots! <laughs> um, well, I don't vote, so you don't blame me. <laughs> well, I, I, I never registered. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I, I bought a gun, and, uh, and I put a crow's nest on my roof, and um, I yell a lot. And uh, I feel safe. 
Um, plus, I have a moat of gasoline. <laughs> I don't light it, but I have lots of flammable things. <laughs> I, I have a matches truck that just backs up to the house every day. As a loud alarm, it keeps people at bay. Um, uh-huh. what, I th- what I think happens is is that uh, the lower <laughs> echelons of society, the, the basically the only way to get out is through um, uh, entertainment or athletics. Mm-hmm. You know, and how many great Jewish athletes were there? You of know, like you know, hundred years ago, there were no. Don't right. I, I'm not joking. There were four. There were four of them mm-hmm. total. Yeah. Sandy Sandy Kovacs. Kovacs. Uh, That's where we both go. <laughs> I was, I was going to say one baseball, two track, one boxing. I didn't even have names. So there you go. Uh, it was actually a, in, in the early 1900s there were. Tons of boxing sure. uh, boxers who were Jewish. Because, boxing boxers? Yeah. Because, yeah. You because remember Cassius Clay? How do you come yes, up? I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you come up? There's no way to come up. Well, we'll just beat each other up and you'll pay me for it. Well, you know? but I mean, it's the same thing now. I mean, yeah, it is. You know, it's like, how do you, how do you get on the ghetto nowadays? You know, it's like, I'm going to sing, I'll, I'll, I'll act, I'll dance, I'll, you know, I'll play football, I'll play basketball, I'll play anything, you know, I, I can get my hands on. Hmm? Bo Jackson. He Bo, Bo Jackson could play anything. Yes. I'm including Tecmo Bowl. He was the greatest <laughs> oh, person. Was so well, you had two. You had, I am severely dating myself. You had two running backs on that team. None of the other teams on Tecmo Bowl had two running backs. You didn't need one. You just, you just throw the ball to Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson you could run all the way back to your own I love end zone the and then make it all the way back to theirs. The further you ran back, the further your pass would go, which is, that's real. You know, that's, that's, that's so like real life. The quarterback just drops back and keeps running. They can throw it on that's, that's physics. That's why when a quarterback is being hit out of mm-hmm. the back of their end zone, physics, and this is this is purely yeah. release point and, uh, and and you know just gravitational arc. Uh, a, a quarterback, regardless of race, can throw it. I, what would they clock it at? Three hundred twenty-five oh, yards. Yeah, it's- which is pretty close to that because yeah. he got the trajectory high. Oh, just which is three football fields and uh, a bus. Yeah, you know I was on uh, Nintendo Power when I was little for Tecmo Bowl. <laughs> I was in because I scored two hundred points in a game, really? so I sent in the photo of the of the, of the thing, and they put it. My my picture wasn't there. I was oh. like Mike Warden of Waverly, New York, scores two hundred points in Tecmo Bowl, <laughs> the highest we have seen to this point. That's, I was like, yeah. Did Woody Allen? Was, how is he in the game? Um, I I would love to see team. I'd love to see Woody yeah. Allen play any video. I'd love to see Woody Allen play an Atari game now. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he'd be able to do it. No, no, I'd, li- I'd like to see Woody Allen with a smartphone. Uh, yeah, good call, good call. And not to not to in, in not to insult people who invent smartphones, sure. Woody Allen or chimpanzees. Uh-huh. But I think it would be a lot like watching a chimpanzee operate a smartphone. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Just a lot of... You don't think he's stayed up on tech? You don't think he's been very tech No, he does that for him. Come on. Does he... Does he still write by hand? Or do you think he uses a... I I think he (laughs) plays the clarinet and is wealthy enough and well-known enough to not really have to do anything he doesn't want to. And I think every time new technology comes out, he's at the point where he can go, No. Yeah, that's true. He just had a show uh, at UCLA um, with his big band... Where he played clarinet. It takes for like 200 bucks. He needs to stop. 
Are you no, kidding me? Nobody cares that he can play his music. I do. Do you? Would you go see Woody Allen play music? What do you think's better? Woody Allen playing with his ragtime band or yes. Steve, Al- uh, Steve Martin playing with... Uh, Steve Martin. His Why? Because I find the banjo much more interesting. Oh, that's not fair. I no. find it a better I find You're it talking a about better bluegrass and yes. you're talking about... Um, yes. uh, I'm on your um, side of this, Jeremy. I would... You know, it's a, some, some great 20s jazz standards. I guess. Come on, man. You're talking about apples and oranges. He doesn't, it's, he doesn't stand out. They're both self-indulgent. And I'm you asked that, me to come Compare them, goddammit. But, but I'm just saying, like, you think you're saying one is better or worse than the other? That's what I would prefer. Well, that's just a musical. I preference. wouldn't pay money to see either. Okay, we'll see. There you why go. Why can an actor or a comedian? Why can why can a musician go into film? They can't. But like Justin Timberlake. It depends. But yeah, they for the most part, it's a lot more. It's a lot more acceptable than than a actor playing music. It's going into the music. Yeah, no, no one ever Murphy. gets. We were talking about that. No one ever gets. Credit for it. I mean, mm-hmm. well, I mean, Jared Leto, but I mean, we all still laugh at him behind yeah, his back. Wow. So. And to his face. Uh, are you talking about actors trying to become musicians? Yeah, why does it yes. work one way but not the other it way? Does, why is it, it legitimate? Can. It's just, I mean, look at Britney Spears. She's tried to act a whole bunch of things. Mariah Carey tried to do that yeah, too. Yeah, all of them are mm-hmm. successful, but it seems like we, we give more leeway. To musicians, musicians trying to act, trying, trying to it actually, it's because well, but you also have to realize is that those musicians trying to act are mostly shitty musicians. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. You know, like I mean, let's be completely honest. You know, like uh, Keith Richards got to be in the the Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean movie because he fucking Keith Richards. Yeah, that's true. It don't matter. It don't well, matter what his lines is. It's Keith Richards. Can he memorize the line? Let him say whatever the fuck he wants as long as he don't say "dude" or "my digital watch." Just <laughs> record it. <laughs> Dwight Yoakam's <laughs> legitimate. Like he's fucking great. He is. That's what he's I'm saying. Really good. To be yeah. fair, I like Billy Ray Cyrus. Of course. Well, who doesn't? I, I think mean, he's got a lot of depth to whatever it is that he does. The Jonas yeah. Brothers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those guys. I mean, yeah, but I mean, are you gonna yep. are you gonna call them musicians? <laughs> are you gonna call them actors? Which which yeah, one do you no. want to call them? Which I can disagree with. Yeah. That was a joke, but but Joe Jonas did was on Broadway playing Marius and Les Mis for yeah, but two what's years his name? Harry Potter's on Broadway, and he's yeah. so so. People give him way too much credit. But he was in Equus. That's a yes, little different. Fuck the horse, big deal. Like, so you don't have to, that's not what the play is about. It's about love. It's about. Bestiality, yeah, is what you. it's about. Okay, so it's saying it's, it has nothing to do with that. It's about centaurs, really, is what it's about. Oh, okay. A lot of people don't know it's that. <laughs> Actually, Equus was specifically written mm-hmm. to have some difficult word to use in crossword. <laughs> for it was, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a vehicle written for Daniel Radcliffe. It was, they, 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 well, no, a lot of they knew that he was going. To <laughs> no, a lot of people don't know that Equus was actually a vehicle written for Wheel of Fortune, which was, <laughs> which was more difficult. To it's actually a sequel to Mr. Ed. Most people are aware of that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that would that'd be a horrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. That would be great, though. Yeah. That's what War Horse is going to be. Yeah. War Horse. That's, that's the, what I that's said. The pitch. Ready? Here's the pitch for War Horse. It's Equus meets Mr. Ed. <laughs> huh? Spiel me, in. Can we put in war? Let's make some money with this. I know it's a puppet on stage, but people don't care about that crap. <laughs> no one's even heard of Avenue Q. <laughs> what? No, you can't get it. I already tried. <laughs> we all did. Just let it go. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, I thought it was hysterical. <laughs> I figured, what the hell, it's Halloween, I'll go as a ghost, I take a sheet off the bed and I throw it over my head, and I go to the party, and you have to get the picture, I'm walking down the street in a deep southern town, 
I have a white sheet over my head. My car pulls up and three guys with white sheets say, get in. So I figure there's guys going to the party <laughs> as ghosts. And I get into the car and I see we're not going to the party and I tell them. And they say, well, we have to go pick up the Grand Dragon. And all of a sudden it hits me, down south, white sheets, the Grand Dragon. I put two and two together. I figure there's a guy going to the party dressed as a dragon. So Woody Allen. Um, I love his work. I wouldn't let him babysit my kids. Mostly because he's too old. Right. That would be inappropriate. I'd let Sunyi do it. She'd probably what? do a good job. Probably, at what age do they adopt Sunyi? I don't... I, was this is the type of thing that young. depresses me to think about. To yeah. be honest with you, I mean... It's, and not to say that, you know, it's, it's hard to separate the artist from the art is, you know, but sometimes... But is he entirely to blame? There's two people in that relationship, that, right? There are two people, technically. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... I pretty much ended that. <laughs> Thank you. That's, uh, it's, it's ended it in a way. <laughs> right. it's, it's one of those great... one of those great <laughs> phrases you can use to end any argument. It's like... Well, who knows? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> to each his own. <laughs> one man's daughter. <laughs> Six of one, half dozen the other. But you got to give him credit for sticking with her this long. I mean, it's a Hollywood marriage. Those usually don't last very long. And okay, and, and again, I don't want to... But this is putting him in great company. God, both these look last at, two podcasts are so negative. Look at, no, this is positive. All right, this, this is all positive. All right. When you have an older man who yes. is having sex with a much, much younger woman, all not? that says is the system works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I defy anyone to tell me different, because that's what I'm going for every day, baby. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to find an insanely young, attractive woman. She locked out in the adoption lottery, though. For you have woman. to admit that, right? You, what? She, got, she lucked out in the adoption lottery. Yeah. When it comes to adoptions for orphans, she got the good end of that stick. I mean, of all the, the adopted children... There's some tough families you could get into. I mean, like, just, you know, the old wicked stepmother. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. (laughs) Christ, I shouldn't Mm -hmm. have said anything. Could be a Jolie. Imagine the... Oh, yeah. Imagine what that type of hell, huh? I don't wish that on anyone. Can you imagine waking up and then... Can you imagine (laughs) ten years if (laughs) Brad getting married to one of the children? That would be ridiculous. Ten minutes of that. Damn it. Oh, now, Brad Pitt will never come on the show. He will. I'm a big Brad Pitt fan. Yeah? Yes, he was wonderful in... Uh, I'll text him now. He okay. plays the stoner in... Which which is the one? The the old... Um, Seven? Twin Tarantino one? I don't know. Um, true True Romance. Oh, yeah? Oh, he yeah. is... He's got one of the funniest lines. Bring back some cleaning products. The way he says that, on my ass every time. That's brilliant. Come on, Louise, man. He's a... <laughs> Let's not talk about Brad Pitt. Come on, we're talking about Brad Pitt and Woody Allen. They're like peas in a pod. Oh, so true. Why and one is the, one is the tiny deformed pea that <laughs> I read, is in there that you don't Excuse me, I, listen, I know they're going to pick you out first, but listen, do, do me a favor. <laughs> to bring it back to Woody Allen, uh, Elaine May called him the Jewish Orson Welles. 
Yeah. Really? Yeah, really? because he's a triple threat actor, writer, director. Elaine May said that? Wow. That's pretty impressive. That yeah. is pretty impressive. Well, that was before he had started writing mm. the films. But she said he could be when he was early on yeah. in, his, yeah. in his stand-up career. She said well, like he could be the Jewish... Uh, yeah. Jewish Orson, Orson Welles. Welles. That doesn't bode well. well. I mean, at the time, maybe it was fine. Oh, at the time, it was wonderful. <laughs> 61, 62. Nobody wants to be the anything Orson Welles, you know, eventually. Oh, stop. I love Orson Welles. But he peaked a little early. Yep. <laughs> as you say it. What are you talking about? <laughs> it is a California champagne. I mean, come on. He was in the Muppet movie, yes, and he was. was the voice of Unicron and Transformers, oh, the animated awesome. film. Yeah. And he. Sold frozen peas. Yeah. Why wasn't Woody Allen in the Transformers movie? Uh, I think that's good money for that. Fairly obvious. No, I don't think it is. He was gearing up to do ants. Thank you. Why wasn't Woody Allen in Citizen Kane? Is what I want. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe because he was what fifteen at the time. Yeah. No, actually, he was. They kept cutting to him. He kept burning his thumb on the match. Rosebud. I'll tell you about. Oh Jesus! <laughs> no, they already had what's his They called them safety matches for a reason. <laughs> His one partner in the movie is already very Woody Allen anyway. What's his name? Is it Rosenstein? Does that make me a racist? No, but he's the one partner in in Citizen Kane. Jebediah. Not Jebediah. There is a character. Mr. Bernstein. Yes, Mr. Bernstein. Bernstein. Thank you. Yeah, Rosenstein. God. Rosebud, Bernstein, I mix the two. That's what happened. Mr. Rosengoldenheimer. Yes. (laughs) Schmidt. Schmidt. Um, Boy. Um, So... (laughs) What else about Woody? I, I I mean, to be honest with you, I could literally go through this thing bit by bit and all tell right. you all of okay. my favorite things. Okay. It would be so tedious to well. Just do um, the whole album, if you would. He's just... I love how nerdy it is. I love it when he makes fun of yeah. his wife. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's my favorite bit. Um, I, I love it when he, you know... <laughs> just... I was conspicuous, you know, when they're, you know, hassling people on the subway, mm-hmm. you know, because I had just come from a seafood lunch and I forget, <laughs> forgot to remove the lobster bib, you know, <laughs> right, and uh, brought his knee up fast, and I didn't give him the satisfaction of the doubling over, but I did one of the greatest impressions of Lily Pons you've ever heard. <laughs> And I do love when it, when he gets uh, uh, accosted and he immediately lapses into the old Navajo trick of screaming and begging. <laughs> I just, I, again, brilliant turn of phrase. Mm-hmm. It's just so funny. Just so many good lines. Yeah. And if, I'm just trying to go from memory here. If you're going so. to tell people, though, why to listen to Woody Allen if you've never listened to him, you've only seen the films, or you don't even know Woody Allen, why this might be a good place to go first. Because I, I think it's, again, one of... It's an important album because it's just a funny, classic album. I don't yeah. think if you like Woody Allen or don't like Woody Allen, if you don't know this, yeah. then you haven't yeah. heard him. Yeah. You know, and this is a funny album. It's like all the ones you've done. It doesn't matter yeah. if you like or don't like these people from popular conception. Sure. If you haven't listened to this, mm-hmm. if you can listen to this and say you don't like it, that's totally cool. Sure. But I would really like to know what you do like. Yeah. Yeah. After, yeah. If, 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 yeah. You know, that's mm-hmm. that would be my only question after that. I think, um, yeah, Mike, you say something. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm done. You're done? I'm out of words. You're out of words. That's sad. That's... <clears throat> no, but I think that when you listen to this album, if, if you didn't, if you already hate Woody Album going into it, you might be prejudiced to say, eh. Don't really like it. But to me, I, I don't know how you could not like Woody Allen. I don't know how you could not like his stuff. I think so, you just called him Woody so, Album. I think I should Woody Album? Him. I think you said that first. 
Sorry. It's very possible. Anyway. But if you don't know much about Woody Allen, in, in, other than like passing, seeing a film here and there, sure. and not really knowing too much, you listen to this, and I'm pretty sure you'll like his films. You'll like it after that. You'll you'll understand where he's coming from. He didn't set a trend as far as... Like, you keep talking about how nerdy he is, actually. You both talked about it. Like He didn't set a trend for nerdy comics, um, but it is a thing now. Like, it's a big... Like, there's a big boom with... People I love like how he, he he embraced it, mm-hmm. and, well, I mean, not like he had a choice. Sure. He was going to masculine yeah. up what else gonna do? and go up there. I'd love to see Woody Allen doing, you know, like, the fucking redneck comedy tour. Oh, God. <laughs> the funniest part about him is when he tries to play masculine. Yeah, and right. It's, I, that's one of the greatest bits is when he does that. If you guys ever met, met a homosexual, because let me tell you, they make me uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> they just so, like, I just can't... I, I'm, Imagine him, him doing this album, doing the Eddie Murphy album. First one entitled Faggots, and then Black Movie Theaters being the next. You know, black people are always yelling at the movie screen. You'd have been shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but to think what what audiences, to come back to the, the Bill Cosby thing, what audiences were seeking out Bill Cosby, Woody Allen, mm-hmm. you know, shows would be, would be wonderful, too, because that's a comedy audience that... Are you kidding me? They're all there for the same stuff. Mm-hmm. No, that's what I mean. That's a comedy yeah. audience that I would love to... Yeah. Yeah, because these guys can reference everything. They can do the lowbrow stuff. They can sure. do, you know, like, sex jokes and everything else, you know. And, but they can also throw out all of those great college references. You know, they can do mm-hmm. references about the Bible, about great literature, yeah. you know, philosophers, you know, all, all sorts of stupid things. And yeah. now, I mean, I guess the big difference between nerdy comics and nerdy comics now is the uh, presence of pop culture taking over for the presence of... An education, right? Which it doesn't mean that the people who do that comedy now are stupid. Like somebody like Chris Hardwick was a philosophy major. I think he's yeah. quite quite oh, brilliant. Sure. But what he does is going to just by nature of who we are as a people now going to be, yeah, going to be inundated with pop culture references. I don't know if that's more or less valuable, but I mean, uh, there's something refreshing about listening to somebody who's qu- clearly read a lot and is letting you know that and challenging you to maybe go read the same things to get it. Right, and not, and not being apologetic and being like, you know what, if you were paying attention, this is something we all had to go over at one point or another. Right. If you were paying attention a little bit, you'd get this. I mean, yeah. That's what Dennis Miller built a career on. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, and, and again, he, he does it just as good, not better than anybody. Yeah. You know, even the bullet joke. Oh, God. You and know? it's still my favorite joke. One of my favorite jokes of all time. I must pause for one fast second and say a fast word about oral contraception. <laughs> I was involved in an extremely good example of oral contraception two weeks ago. I asked a girl to go to bed with me, and she said no. <laughs> It's it's playing on so many conventions, you know, and mm-hmm. he doesn't say just through. He's like heave the Gideon <laughs> Bible, you know. It's like he's he's doing it. He's doing the illiter. He plays with the alliteration. He plays mm-hmm. with the images. He's you know he's he's playing with his voice, and he knows how silly it sounds sometimes. Yeah. You know, um, I think he came up the right way though. He came up by Had writing and then doing stand up. He earned where he got to from from putting in the time. Yeah. Can I see this album? Really no, quick? you can't. Listen, Jeremy. It's, it's a radio program. You can't see oh, anything. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, because, I mean, at this point, the, the vodka ad is just occurring to me. When he does the vodka ad, okay, so this is this is 1968, so it makes sense. 64, 
He's not a face that people necessarily know, but by 68, he's enough of a face to do a vodka ad. Oh, yeah. It's just interesting that if, if you listen to this, you, you are going to hear that. You're going to hear two, uh, no pun intended, two Four sides of the same guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Polished. A guy who nobody knows. Uh, he, he did, his first movie was in 65, so how would anybody have known the face, other than maybe he was doing Well, you mean the first thing McMahon. he wrote, or the first thing he was in? He's, people seeing him. He's not a recognizable oh, face or really, name. What was the first thing he was in in 65? Sorry, I had it in my I'm sorry. Or? Normally, I have an encyclopedic it's, knowledge. It's uh, Pussycat. What's new Pussycat? Is, is really? What, yes. Uh, which he wrote the script for, and I don't know how much I, of that he's I'd like in. to know what was the first thing he actually appeared on screen in. Wasn't he in that? Well, he was, he was on sketches. Sure, and he did, you know, The Tonight Show and, yeah. you know, and all those other things. Right, and that's, that's, that's the only other way, I guess. But, I mean, to be... Uh, just the vodka ad sounds like a... Like a, a what do you call kind of like a landmark thing for one's career where you know you, you, they want you to promote something. He wouldn't have been talking about that on disc one, but then they give you four years later, and it's like he's well. Up. But also, he probably wasn't the first person on their list, just sure. like he said. Sure, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And Rabbi takes it, which is great. Such a good gag. <sighs> Funny stuff. Mm-hmm. His next film is due in twenty twelve. Great October. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ellen Page, Woody Allen, and Allison Pill. Oh, he's going to be in it. Nero fiddled. Nero fiddled. Oh, yes, right. They were going to call it something much more obscure, and then they said, sorry, Woody, we don't want to call it that. We're going to call it was it originally titled The Bop Decameron. Yep. Yep. And that's, that's a reference to it. something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Angelina Jolie mm-hmm. was considered to play the title role. Yeah. That okay. went to Penelope Cruz. Wait, Ellen Page? God damn it. He's always got a 20-year-old girl he's trying to fuck in every uh-huh. movie. Every time. That's hard imitating life. Am I wrong? Ladies and gentlemen. <sighs> I mean, he changed it because no one understood the the reference to the Decameron. Well, of course, we all, everybody here knows what I understand that reference. reference. Let I me don't. look it up Thank on you. Google. Yeah, go to Wikipedia. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess we can use final final. Well, words. that makes me happy what? though, knowing yes. that that he's that, <laughs> that is. Sorry, I'm gonna go back. It's fine. That he's in his next film. No matter how much I liked sure. uh, Midnight in Paris, and mm-hmm. I really think it's a dark horse for best picture this year, and I think that it has a possibility um, in a really bad year for films. Uh, it has a possibility of getting something for him. Um, Unless the Academy is really that against him. So, Jeremy, in order to be in his next film, what would you like to say to Woody Allen right now to have him consider you for his next film? Berto Benini's in it. That's what I was going to say. God damn it! <laughs> I guess Mike's getting in the movie. And I hate Roberto Benini. <laughs> would that get me the job? Fuck it. I love Roberto Benini. I like Roberto Benini the right amount. How about this? If I ever met Woody Allen, I would say... I should be in one of your movies. Mm-hmm. He'll say yes. That probably wouldn't... See? There you go. And you wanted me to come up with something snappy. I'm from New I, York. You know what? Yeah. I've done my research. Right. I've seen all the right things. I can quote salty. duck soup from beginning to end. Okay. And not in an annoying way. In a rather charming way. Help it. And, um, <laughs> and uh, I'm a fairly good dancer. These pretzels right. are making me salty. What? what are they thirsty? These pretzels are making me thirsty. <laughs> the line that Kramer says in Seinfeld when he's in the Woody Allen film. Oh, is that yeah, it? Yeah, he gets to go out of Woody Allen. I like the pretzels are making me salty. The, these pretzels are making me thirsty. Well, how would you say the line? <laughs> <laughs> they just all go, these pretzels are making me thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a wonderful line reading, by the way. Yeah. Uh huh. How would you say it? 
I don't. I Let's see. end on that. Everyone do their. These pretzels are making me thirsty. Ready? If we want to want to go out on something, what's the what's more of a likelihood? One of us being in a Woody Allen movie or Michael Richards being <laughs> in a Woody Allen movie right now? Right now. Or how about this? How about this? One of us being in a Woody Allen movie or Michael Richards being in a Spike Lee movie? <laughs> how about that one? Let's throw that one out there. Just as oh, a, that a makes me feel much better. You're welcome. Hello. See, I like to end on something upbeat. I'm not a guy as half. You know, half full, half empty glass type mm-hmm. of person. I'm more of a. Um... Uh huh. We done? Yeah. All right. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of Comedy on Vinyl. Once again, we didn't introduce him Jeremy Guskin. Hi. And Mike Warden. Hello. So this week we're doing Woody Allen stand up comics. So, uh, Hi. So, uh, Jeremy, what do you think of Woody Allen? Um, who? Woody Allen, he's a comic. We're starting the podcast now. We he's a stand-up right now? Just our rehearsal. That was our rehearsal. Is yeah. he at, uh, is he doing anything like the comedy store, or... Yeah, or, he's at Flappers. Uh, Flappers. <laughs> Shit, you beat me to it. <laughs> Mr. T. Feathers. He actually, Why he regularly have, is at Mr. T. Feathers. Is he at Gafazi's? That's I'm my, sure uh, that's the one I want to go to. LOL. He's at yeah. LOL, which is a new one, where you just text all your comedy to the oh, audience. boy. Yeah. hmm No. No. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know who Woody Allen is. Oh, I actually had a, a contract with Woody Allen in college. Did you? I did a radio adaptation of one of his short stories in one of his books, and I wanted to do it on the actual radio, uh-huh. so I sent him the script mm-hmm. and uh, to Rollins and Jaffe, the people who represent him, mm-hmm. and produce everything. And uh, they sent me a contract back that I had to sign, saying I would only do it this one day, and you know, that between this time and yeah. this sort of thing, we couldn't replay it or anything else. And I signed it, and I got one back that had Woody Allen's signature on it That's next to mine, good. which was pretty cool. It's probably the closest I'll ever get to him, but um, if nothing else, I had a hell of a fun. It was a, we, uh, I took Mr. Big, which is sort of his um, film noir Sam Spade story that he did. Uh-huh. I think it was in Getting Even, and uh, it's all about a private eye. <laughs> God's been killed, and he's looking for his killer. <laughs> and, uh, and it was great, and it was really fun, and I had... Um, the young man playing the Pope do Marlon Brando from The Godfather. And uh-huh. That worked surprisingly well. That's awesome. And uh, for all the thought voices, he spoke into a cup next to the mic, which was very nice. <laughs> very Fireside Theater. And uh, Do you was, have a recording of this? Somewhere all on right. a tape I that's probably rotten to replay and, and warped. Uh. If nothing else, I still have the script. And I think I have the contract somewhere. All right. Which would be neat. You should hang that up. I would if I could find it. Speaking, it might be in New York. Speaking of hanging things up, let's all let's all wish a warm farewell to our participants again. Jeremy Guskin. Goodbye. Mike Warden. Bye. And Jason Klum. And Goodbye. Have a good, have a, hmm, have a, it was a good impression. Have a good thing, everybody. Good thing. The following morning, the Berkowitzes wake up in the woods in a moose suit. Mr. Berkowitz is shocked, stuffed, and mounted at the New York Athletic Club. And the joke is on them because it's restricted. Me father over.
always used to say you ought to wear a shine. It's now the people watch your trade and watch your proper line. Comedy on Vinyl is recorded at Fort Awesome Studios in beautiful downtown Burbank, California. Comedy on Vinyl is a Stolen Dress entertainment production. Check out StolenDress.com for our videos, our podcasts, our books, our everything else. Uh, It is produced by Mike Warden and edited by Jason Klom. Check us out at Facebook under Comedy on Vinyl, on Twitter at Comedy on Vinyl, and at ComedyOnVinyl.com. The people know you're wide. Oh, it's not your curls that tickle all the girls. It's the little bits of air inside. It's the little bits of air inside. Little bits of air inside. Oh, it's not your curls that tickle all the girls. It's the little bits of air inside.